0: Tonight, the city of Victoria says it hates fossil fuels. I say, let's make their wishes come true. It's January 22nd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i publish because it. it's, it's my bloody right to do so. Have you ever been to Victoria, the capital city of British Columbia? If you look in the right places, it is perhaps the prettiest city in Canada. There is an enormous public gardens made in an old quarry called Butchart Gardens, just outside the city proper. And I think it's probably the most beautiful public gardens in all of Canada. I'm not a big flowers guy, but this place is so stunning, so perfect. And they make it so much fun. It's a must see. I never say things like that. Obviously, the downtown of Victoria is very pretty, if you look in the right places. The amazing Empress Hotel, just perfect. If you can afford it, go have the high tea there. If you can't afford it, well, there's other places in town to have fancy tea more affordably, like at Butcher Gardens, actually. And the busy harbor is fun to watch. The boats, the seaplanes, the tourist bars and restaurants, the hustle bustle. But that beautiful Victoria of old the city of perfect weather. The city they used to say was for newlyweds and nearly deads, as in it was a sleepy town and a great place to retire, was well, changed a bit. I, I was going to mention how pretty the provincial legislature is because it is when there's not a tent city of drug users and homeless people camped out front. So much of downtown Victoria has become like infamous East Hastings Street in Vancouver, just a perpetual shantytown. Homeless people, drug users, mentally ill folks, criminals. And the weather is so nice, so why not hang out there? And the police don't enforce the law. And social justice warriors love the blight on their city as proof of how tolerant they are. The city is dangerous now, I believe. I I was there just a few months ago. And it's starting to feel a bit like San Francisco. And by that, I mean hobos on the street. And some of them are quite aggressive. But the mayor knows the real problem. Uh, The statue of Canada's founder, Sir John A. MacDonald, that was torn down by politically correct order of the city council. Not one drug user was redeemed by that. Not one homeless person was housed. But boy did Victoria show how woke it was. By the way, um, when your city is named after Queen Victoria, Queen of the British Empire, when John A. Macdonald was prime minister. Queen of the British Empire at its highest heights when it had colonies in the empire. It was called an empire then, not just commonwealth. From India to the Caribbean, forget Victoria. I mean, that talk about being politically incorrect. The whole province is named after no one less than Christopher Columbus himself. British Columbia. Both of those are hate words to the modern left, aren't they? How long before Victoria... British, Columbia, before all three of those words are torn down metaphorically, like Sir John A. was torn down and replaced with some politically correct alternative, G and Jure or something like that. I, I think they should probably rename Vancouver while they're at it. Of course, Vancouver's named after a British Navy commander, as in a violent white man, toxic masculinity. Now, this all sounds insane, I know, but that is Victoria these days. All of B.C. really, it's been colonized again, but not by Brits like Captain Vancouver or Queen Victoria, but it's been colonized by foreign environmental groups, lobby groups, lawyers who have hap- helped install a series of ever more radical politicians, obviously in city halls, and now in the provincial legislature too, and much more importantly in the courts. I see news that one such U.S.-based group called Stand Earth, which used to be called Forest Ethics, has filed a lawsuit, of course, to stop the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion by demanding that the National Energy Board review not only the pipeline itself, but engage in some quasi-scientific voodoo review about global warming itself. Let's just Put the theory of man-made global warming on that and see how that works. Now, of course, they're only being as crazy as Justin Trudeau and Catherine McKenna are because they first did the same thing to the Energy East pipeline, which is why that pipeline was canceled. So don't be surprised that global warming will now be the test of whether anything can be built in Canada. That's really what Gerald Butts, Trudeau's principal secretary, has been saying for
1: years. We think that the oil sands have been expanded too rapidly uh, uh, without a serious plan for environmental remediation in the first place. So that's why we don't think it's up to us to decide whether there should be another, another route for a pipeline, because um, the real alternative is not an alternative route, it's an alternative economy.
0: So yeah, BC is the land of crazy, but a lot of it is an artificial layer of crazy Slathered on top of a somewhat normal cr- place, you, you can't dump $100 million of crazy funding. And 1,000 paid crazy activists in the province and not crazy it up a bit. So I don't blame ordinary British Columbians. Like I say, they've been colonized by American lobby groups. But at the end of the day, they did vote for their latest batch of kooks, like those in the provincial legislature. And let me get back to Victoria for a moment, because they're the tops in the crazy Olympics. Look at this city of Victoria recommends class action lawsuit against the oil and gas industry. Can I read a bit of this from the Global Mail? The city of Victoria has become the first municipality in B.C. to support filing a class action lawsuit that seeks to have oil and gas companies help pay a portion of the costs associated with climate change and is hoping other municipalities follow its lead. Huh, if only they could sue John A. McDonald, too. Then we'd be cooking with gas. Here's some more from the story in the Globe. Our province is in a climate emergency, 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 and response from fossil fuel companies has been inadequate, Victoria councillor Ben Isit said. The cost of climate change has been overwhelming for local governments in B.C., and taxpayers shouldn't be the only ones paying for the impacts. And I read to you the other day about Vancouver's declaration of a global warming emergency, emergency, and they said it was an emergency because the sea level is rising, and I, it is true. It's rising above the thickness of a dime every year. I showed you this Australian sea fort in Sydney, Australia. A photo taken 130 years ago and then one taken today. You can see maybe an inch of difference. And that's uh, apparently caused cause because you drove to work today, people. Now, I know this is kooky stuff, but it's easier talking about this than talking about the dirty drug needles and the used condoms in the public parks. In fact, right in front of the legislature in Victoria there, I... And I guess it gets votes. I mean, Lisa Helps, the ironically named mayor of Victoria, she wants to get rolling with the lawsuits right away. Look at this beautiful propaganda website she set up. This is actually last month she did this. Uh, It says, I don't know if you can see it there, who should pay for climate adaptation, Victoria's climate accountability letters. And then if you scroll down a bit, there's a, a copy of a letter that she has sent to various oil companies around the world. What I mentioned before, the people she wants to sue, that her letter is on the page there. Let me read it to you. It starts, as mayor and council of the city of Victoria in British Columbia, we are writing to secure your commitment to pay your fair share of the costs of climate change that face our community. Climate change is the direct result of pollution caused by the burning of fossil fuels, including from your products. Hm. She goes on a bit and she sent those letters all around the world. Here's a list of uh, some of the companies she wrote to. Now, some of them are owned by companies in the West. And by that, I mean, they're publicly traded on stock markets. They're subject to regulation and lawsuits. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if some woke CEO actually pays her shakedown money as a form of greenwashing, doing the oil and gas equivalent of what Gillette just did to itself the other day, going public saying it hates itself. And so will you love me now? I mean, we see that in Alberta, where four large oil companies endorsed the carbon tax for Rachel Notley, <coughs> excuse me, in return for special favors and exemptions and preferences against their competitors. But, but look at some of the others on Lisa Helps' list there. Do you see Gazprom there, about a third of the way down? That's, that's a Russian company that's controlled by Vladimir Putin, 51% owned by the Kremlin. Do you see near the bottom there, it says Saudi Aramco? That, that stands for, you know, I mean, that's, that's Saudi, right? That's, that's owned by the king of Saudi Arabia. And you see, in, right in the middle there, National Iranian Oil Company. That's the state oil company of Iran. Those are dictatorships, people. And you see, about uh, two thirds of the way down, it says Petroleos de Venezuela. Now she spelled about half these wrong. Look, like, you see Marie N. Greek, like There's so many spelling errors on this. It's so weird. It's, it's almost like she's an amateur, juvenile or something. But, but that one there, Petroleos de Venezuela. Um, otherwise known as Peta Vesa. Uh, that's, that's, of course, nationalized by the Venezuelan dictatorship. You know they're so poor over there because of socialism. That Despite having the largest oil reserves in the world, bigger even than Saudi Arabia, the average Venezuelan has lost 18 or 19 pounds from malnutrition. Now, I know fatties like me are thinking, oh, I'd like to lose 19 pounds. No, not from starving you don't. It's a famine over there. That's not the good way to lose weight. They're just starving because of socialism. But this kook, Lisa Helps, the mayor of Victoria, wrote them a letter, said, well, excuse me, can you send us money for reparations or something? Can you imagine that? Well, I have a better idea. If she hates oil and gas so much, I'm going this cut her off. I mean, it's weird how much oil and gas these oil and gas protesters consume. I always use the analogy of PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals. You know the animal rights extremists? They're crazy, some of them. But at least they're consistent. You never see a PETA activist tuck into a big, thick steak or a hamburger and say, oh, we really got to ban meat while they're eating meat. They just don't do that because they're living the vegan dream. They're, They're truly doing it. When they're hectoring you to give up meat, they're not eating meat. If Lisa helps the mayor of Victoria and the rest of BC's political elites really hate oil and gas, then lead the way. Then cut them off. We have to help them get over their addiction to oil. And hey, it'll save the world's weather or something like that, however it's supposed to go. Maybe we shouldn't just shut down the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion proposal. I mean... Maybe we should shut down the existing Trans Mountain Pipeline that supplies Vancouver with so much of its oil right now. I mean, there's no difference between the oil that is currently going through the Trans Mountain Pipeline and the greenhouse gases attendant to it that's being shipped through it now, or the oil that would be shipped through an expansion. why, Why not shut it down now? And even worse is the oil and gas used on Vancouver Island, including where Victoria is. Do you know how they get their oil and gas there? They put it on a barge and sail it over. Talk about risky. I mean, Exxon Valdez waiting to happen. Yeah, here's a briefing note from the National Energy Board. Let me quote this. Barges carry product from Vancouver to terminals on Vancouver Island and along the coast and from terminals in the Northwest Territories to more northern locations along the Mackenzie River. Edmonton refineries provide about 50 to 60% of the petroleum product needs in the Vancouver market. The rest of the Vancouver area is supplied either by the Chevron refinery in Vancouver, uh, which is right near the end of the Trans Mountain, by the way, or with product imports from the U.S. Okay, well, why on earth would Lisa Helps the mayor of Victoria, why on earth would John Horgan, the NDP Premier, why on earth would support Berman, the foreign funded activist suing to stop the Trans Mountain Expansion, how on earth can they accept oil being moved to Vancouver Island by barge? How on earth can they accept American and Canadian oil? Right now, we must stop them to do them a favor for their own good to save them from global warming. I mean, writing a letter that will go in the shredder of every OPEC country. I mean, you're writing to the Saudi King. You think he's going to say, "Oh, maybe we've been doing it all wrong"? No. I, I mean, that's a fun press release. That's telling the world you think that starving Venezuelans should send you cash. Yes, yeah, I might say that's a little bit of white privilege showing through there, Lisa. But if you want to be seriously woke, if you want to actually live the creed. Why don't we actually wean them off the oil sands right now? Why don't we do it to them? I mean, Trudeau says he wants to phase out the oil sands.
1: I've said time and time again, and you're all tired of hearing me say it, uh, you can't make a choice between what's good for the environment and what's good for the economy. Uh, We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. Uh, We need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels
0: why wait why this phase them out business i mean it's a climate emergency climate emergency why not just shut them down now starting with the most sensitive souls in victoria uh, because there's actually another environmental crisis in town that needs help. And I think it hasn't received the attention it needs until we solve this climate emergency. I showed you the fancy website designed to get Iran and Russia and Saudi Arabia and Venezuela to pay reparations to Victoria. But look at this homemade website. Talk about grassroots. Look at this. The Victoria Sewage Treatment Alliance. Let's get on with it is their motto. Can I read a little bit here? It's I mean, no foreign lobbyist money here. That's sort of obvious from this AOL era website. Um, let, me, let me quote a bit. It says, today, Victoria dumps an average of 82 million liters of raw sewage daily into our world-class coastal waters. This pollution harms our oceans, including salmon, shellfish, otters, and orcas. Our community now has the opportunity to create a sewage treatment system that will protect human health and our environment. We ask you to show your support for a sewage treatment system, giving the gift of clean water to our children and our grandchildren. Yeah, I mean, tough to blame that one on the Saudis or the Venezuelans. I uh, Victoria just dumps its raw and treated sewage in the ocean. Go ahead, swim, surf, fish, enjoy the best Victoria has to offer, I mean, seriously. Why should the ocean off Victoria be any cleaner than their needle strewn public parks, right? But the thing is, the advantage of suing fossil fuel companies and declaring states of emergency about global warming and the rising tide is that you never actually have to do anything, you never actually have to solve any problems, you never have to have an accountability moment for why didn't you fix it? But if they ever acknowledge the raw sewage problem, or if 100 Quebec towns and cities that dump their raw sewage in the river and actually made that the same priority they do, fighting against harmless, colorless, odorless carbon dioxide. Well, then they might actually have to fix something. And that's a lot less fun than attacking Alberta or big oil, isn't it? Stay with us for more. Well, yesterday we told you about the high-tech lynching of a group of pretty well-behaved teenage boys in Washington, D.C. for the annual March for Life. They were waiting for their buses to pick them up when they were racially abused by a group of extremists called Black Israelites. Well, uh, in response, they started doing their school cheers and then an Aboriginal man walked right up to the face of one of them, mere inches away, and banged a drum in his face for five minutes. This, the kid has much, much more self-control than I would have had. He remained motionless, didn't say a word, didn't gesture at all, just smiled. He later said he was hoping to de-escalate the moment, and he said he was quietly praying. Well, that's not what the mainstream media said. They called him a hate her, they called him a racist, they said he was taunting the aboriginal man, they said he blocked his way, and the aboriginal man named Nathan Phillips went with the lies, saying he was trapped. We showed you the video evidence yesterday that simply was not true. Well, many blue checkmark liberals, that's the phrase for officially approved and verified leftists on Twitter, had a field day at the expense of the children, as opposed to the actual racists who taunted them, but when news emerged of the facts, they instead of apologizing, they quietly moved to delete their accusations without clarification, correction, or apology. But the thing about the internet is that it is forever, and so many of those celebrities and others disparaging the young why white, well, was caught on video or caught or the screenshotted. A journalist who put the worst of these accusations made by liberals in a story. Online is our friend Pardes Saleh, a reporter with Mediaite.com, and she joins us now from Washington. Great to see you, Pardes.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, your story is very interesting. It's called Journalists and Celebs Rush to Delete Tweets Slamming MAGA Hat Kids. MAGA, of course, Make America Great Again. Uh, did any of these celebrities or journalists... Wait to get the facts, or did they just say, uh, oh, white kid wearing a MAGA hat, standing in front of an Aboriginal man, we know right now who the good guy and bad guy is, let's just call them the Nazi youth? Like, was there any due diligence or reportage there, or did they just say, he's white, he's a Trump supporter, I hate him?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, they, they, they were quick to judge, and I think, uh, I think that's actually a really important question because. Uh, Some of the people who, you know, all these people were quick to judge, which is why they took down their their tweets later, uh, or maybe regretted the way that they worded it or whatever. Um, But some of them later tweeted still in support of the the Native American guy, uh, or still, like, against these kids, saying that, like, regardless of the new evidence that came out, they still didn't like these kids. and I think it's just proof. I mean, I think it's basically everybody acknowledging together that it, it had nothing to do with the kids, it just has to do with politics. People were upset that there were a bunch of kids wearing MAGA hats, and they used that as bait.
0: You know, it's one thing for a celebrity like Alyssa Milano really got the fire. Roaring on Twitter, Um, but I don't think anyone regards her as a journalist I saw journalists from the New York Times from the Washington Post These are prestige publications Who were using phrases like Nazi? This is a 16 year old kid who did not say a word He just stood and smiled I think that's far more worrying than the celebrities is the journalists who said Nazi youth racist youth With no evidence other than their own biases
1: yeah, and some of them called for violence. I mean, I think, actually, the worst ones are still on, are still up, have not been deleted. Uh, the ones calling for, for the kids to be punched or um, threatened, like Reza Aslan and Kathy Griffin and some of the other big ones.
0: Well, that's They're a still I mean, here's, Let's uh, show some of the tweets that you uh, captured in your report. Some of them were screenshotted. That's the phrase for taking a... Uh, a digital photo of a tweet before it's deleted. Others are still up, as you mentioned. Let's look at Bakari. Here's Anna Navarro. Nobody is born racist. Beatrice learned from parents, teachers, society, and leaders. So yes, I sure as hell think Trump's racist comments and constant dog whistles have contributed to making ass-wipes great again. It is why we must condemn racism everywhere and every time we see it. That's just an insult. But look at Bakari Sellers, who actually, sa- he says... He is a deplorable. Some people can also be punched in the face. Kathy Griffin actually called for, for people to to reveal the home addresses. I, wish, I want to show one more tweet and then I'll ask for your thoughts on it. This is from Patton Oswalt. I'd, I'd say he's a comedian and, and a bit of a pundit. He says, um, important, thoughtful thread, please read. It'll take a minute, tops, thank you. And then... He, And that thread by uh, Arlen Parsa goes into detail asking for the public to dox the kids. And doxing is the phrase for revealing their home address, their phone numbers, the information about any siblings or parents. So Patton Oswald was pushing his followers into a thread on how to dox these kids. Is Is doxing illegal, Pardes, or is it just against Twitter's terms of service?
1: Um, I don't think it's illegal. Um, it might be against Twitter's terms of service, but a lot of the people who have doxed the kids are still up online that Twitter does not done anything about it. Twitter has taken down a, a few accounts over this situation, but I don't, I don't, think, I don't think over the doxing.
0: You know, I don't think doxing itself should necessarily be illegal. I mean, um, if so, I don't think people can have a reasonable expectation of secrecy for their um, address or things like that. I think the problem comes with what the Antifa left does with this information, stalking, attacking, punching in the face. Reza Aslan, who's a a very popular CNN um, contributor, said the kid had a very punchable face. I mean, what is that other than, that's the worry about doxing, is not that people will know where you live, I, I suppose once upon a time, that was fine. Everyone knew where everyone lived. But they know that the Antifa-style thugs will go on their property, do vandalism and maybe physical violence. I think that's a real threat here. I understand that the school itself had to cancel classes today because of such threats. Did you hear that as well?
1: Yeah. Um, and there are still some protests there who showed up, uh, nonetheless, at the, at the school, and they're protesting. Um, to,
0: for the kids to not be let to go back to school. I mean, that's just—I mean, that's insane that someone would protest saying you cannot teach this kid because he was smiling in the face of a drummer. What bothered me the most was not the journalists or the or the wild hyenas and jackals on Twitter. That—that's what Twitter's like. But that the the Catholic diocese the, and and the school itself condemned their own students they use that word condemn they say it tainted their whole participation in the march for life within an hour of this going viral a few days ago uh, the entire school changed their website so a pop-up message was this condemnation of the kids by the school to me that was the most disheartening thing that their own teachers and principals wouldn't even get the facts, wouldn't even stand by their people. They were so worried about the mob. They realized we better join in the mob or we'll be mobbed next. What do you think of that?
1: I think it's really sad. I think people should be honest about what happened. And I don't think that the school honestly believes that the kids were doing anything wrong. And anyone who does not, is not wearing politics colored glasses can see that the kids are really doing nothing. They're just sitting there if, if I were there, I would have probably laughed at that guy's face I would have or I would have told him to like f off. I would have told him to get away from me or something because he's just um, but but I, I think anyone who's who's not super biased can look at this honestly and say that they didn't do anything, especially the school where the kids were at. We should be protecting them yeah.
0: you know um, kids these days it's a tough world growing up where every single thing they do is captured on social media, cell phone cameras are everywhere. It's different from growing up um, the, the pre-millennial generation. And you know, I, I can just imagine parents teach their kids don't sext online, don't do anything compromising. This kid seemed like a good kid. I read his public statement last night. He didn't do, he, this was done to him. I'm worried that for the rest of his life, he'll be hated because his, you know, his face is everywhere and he was falsely smeared as a racist. Now, Donald Trump, the president, has tweeted about him a couple times and said, listen, you had an unpleasant experience, but you could go on to do great things. Trump is actually being sort of a grown up here. He's not turning it into a partisan moment. He's saying something good may come from this. I don't know. What do you think the next chapter here is? Do you think that this kid can get his reputation back? This school can get his reputation back, or is it too smeared by the fancy people?
1: I think the kid will be okay as long as he doesn't, uh, if, as long as he doesn't get crushed by this. As long as he just holds tight, like hangs on until everything dies down, he'll be okay eventually. It's it's really tough in the moment, especially if you've never had media exposure and you're suddenly be, being thrown into it. It's a national story and it's still trending actually. Still, still today, which is huge. But um, if he hangs on tight and he's got support and like, just tries not to go online too much until it dies down, I think he'll be okay eventually.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I, I think the odds of him being punched in the face are actually fairly high. When you have every celebrity, I saw a musician, um, call for that. I saw a comedian. I, ca- I saw a, a political pundit. When you have a thousand celebrities saying, punch this kid in the face, I hate to say it. I think it might happen to him one day. Um, I hope he can pull out of it. It's hard to say to someone, don't go online because the whole world is online. I think we saw a lynching here. Um, and I'm, if I, were
1: him, I wouldn't leave my town to be honest. Cause I would be, I would, I would be scared to be in, in anywhere where people don't like
0: uh, Trump. Yeah. Well, and it's not just, he's not just a Trumpist now. He was being called a racist, which is so utterly false. Well, you know what? Congratulations on a great story. I thought you covered an important angle. And it's great to have you on the show, Pardes. Thanks for taking the time with us today.
1: Thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate okay,
0: it. It's our pleasure. There you have it. Pardes Salat, a writer for Mediaite.com. The article, you can find it online. is called Journalists and Celebs Rush to Delete Tweets, Slamming MAGA Hat Kids. Stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Hey, welcome back on my monologue yesterday about a relentless smirk that made the fake news go berserk. Susanna writes, I'm so proud of the boys for not taking the bait. Yeah, I just don't think I would... If some guy was in my face, like he... uh, I watched the video, and he was touching him in a couple... If some guy bang, 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 bang a drum in my face, would I be able to control myself for five minutes like that? Ooh, I don't know. Stephen writes, There's absolutely no trusting the media anymore. They prefer lies to truth. Without you, we would never know the rest of the story. Well, you know, there are other independent voices in America and in Britain, but in Canada... You know, they all piled on. CBC and CTV were jostling each other for who could disparage these boys faster and harder. Liza writes, today the school is getting death threats. What a debacle. It's dangerous out there. Yeah, they actually shut down the school. And I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have done that if they didn't have actionable intel. That's Antifa for you. I mean, these are are rioters. These are masked people who attack with crowbars and stuff. And... um, I showed you yesterday that a New York Times uh, contributor, which is a Washington Post, anyway, really first rank legacy media, referred to these kids as Nazis. And that message went out millions of times. So if you really thought there were Nazis at a school, and you were, and you heard Nazis were the worst thing in the world, wouldn't you go and try and bust up some Nazis? Like if you actually believed. Like I know you and I don't believe the Washington Post, New York Times, CBC, CTV, Global, what we call the media party. But I think we're unusual. I think many people still do. And if they heard that there's actual Nazis at the school, if you heard there were actual Nazis at school, like real Nazis, if you actually believed in your bones, there was like this little Hitler character in grade ten. Um, like with a little like, you know, sometimes Grade 10 have a tiny little peach fuzz, you know, maybe he's got a little mustache and he's and his voice is cracking, Ah, Hitler, or something. His voice is cracking. OK, no, you, would, you wouldn't, because you, you're, you're not crazy like that. But there are crazy. You get 325 million Americans, and you, and you tell them all that there's Nazis at a high school in Kentucky. Maybe someone's going to believe you and go and act on it. And there were actual tweets yesterday from people saying maybe a school shooting wouldn't be that bad. I swear to God. And those were still on Twitter when I checked. Yeah, so um, you can't trust a single word the mainstream media says. I, I guess that's the end of that. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.